0: Hey everyone, and welcome to The Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I am your host, Michael Montalvo, and for the next few minutes, we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes city truly unique. In this episode, we examine the events that occurred November 9th. I had two topics in consideration for today, and I thought about going with the less serious one of the Ghostbusters defeating Gozer the Gozerian in the fictional universe that only movies have to offer, but I don't think talking about Ghostbusters is appropriate when topics like the Crystal Knight are here. And with a name like the Knight of Crystals, it sounds like it should be some magical thing to talk about, but instead, we are going to look at one of the darkest times in human history. Just as a trigger warning, there is mention of violence, rape, and suicide, so you may wish to skip this episode. To talk about this night, we first have to look at Ernst vom Rath. Vom Rath was born in Frankfurt, Germany, 1909, and joined the Nazi party in 1932. He worked first as a government diplomat in Romania and then in Paris, France. The reason we are talking about this is that on November 7, 1938, in Paris, 17-year-old Herschel Grinspan walked into the embassy, asked Vomrath a question, and then shot him. He did not resist arrest, but waited to be taken into custody, and when questioned about the murder, responded that he had done it as an act of revenge for the expulsion of Polish Jews. According to History.com, Grinspan's parents, along with thousands of others, were living in limbo at a refugee camp after being denied entry into Poland because of being Jewish. Quick side note, a trial was planned, but Grinspan also claimed that he and Roth had been lovers and had a sexual affair. The trial was cancelled to avoid any embarrassment that that may have caused, but we don't really know if the story is true or not. Vomrath would end up dying despite being seen by Hitler's personal doctor on the anniversary of the Beer Hall Putsch. I probably messed up that pronunciation and I'm sorry about that, which as you know was a failed coup that thrust Hitler into the national spotlight. With Vomrath's death, Joseph Goebbels announced that the Nazi Party would not squash any spontaneous protests against the Jewish population who were being blamed the German Nazis went into a frenzy and began to prepare for violence. The year was 1938, and on this day, November 9th, the Kristallnacht, the Night or the Night of Broken Glass, a pogrom of the Jewish community and unofficial start of the Holocaust, began. From the Holocaust Encyclopedia website, it was a wave of anti-Jewish violence that began November 9th and would last to the 10th. It would affect not only Germany, but also Austria and the Sudetenland. Goebbels' speech about not squashing any spontaneous acts of violence seemed to be taken as a command, a call to action, to unleash violence. And after he had spoken, party leaders had given instructions to the local offices. The spontaneous attacks were not actually spontaneous and were really thought out and planned. Nazi officials described the events as justifiable. Throughout the evening and early morning, rioters destroyed synagogues and other Jewish institutions. Synagogues were set afire and burned while local firefighters watched, having been instructed to intervene only if the flames spread to nearby buildings. And of those buildings, German stormtroopers and Hitler's youth shattered shop windows of Jewish-owned businesses while looters stripped the shops of its wares. It's actually from this broken glass that littered the streets that the night got its name of the Crystal Night or the Night of the Broken Glass. There had been strict orders not to attack any non-Jewish person or establishment or any foreigners, and obviously that did not end well for the Jewish people. Stormtroopers who were roaming the streets would attack Jewish people in their homes, forcing many to perform acts of public humiliation for their own amusement. Exactly what these acts were, it doesn't really say anywhere, but we do know that the police records documented a high number of rapes and suicide in the aftermath. 30,000 Jewish males were arrested on Reinhard Heydrich's, a high-ranking SS and police official's orders, and he had them transferred from local prisons to concentration camps. Side note here, Heydrich actually chaired the Vansi Conference, a meeting of high party officials where they discussed the final solution. While murder was never explicitly stated, at least 91 were killed that night, although many believe it to be much higher. And if you take into account the aftermath, suicides, and those who died from injury or rape, then the number is significantly higher in the hundreds. So what happened after? You know when politicians try to pass the buck and blame someone else? That happened here. German leaders publicly criticized the rioting and material loss, claiming that if nothing were done to intervene, then it was the German insurance companies and not the Jewish businesses that would be the ones to suffer the losses. The government blamed the Jewish people almost immediately and fined them 1 billion Reichsmark or about 400 million U.S. dollars in 1938 money. They also confiscated all insurance payouts and left those affected responsible for the damages. Anti-Semitic legislation was put into place and while German censors did block some of the news from getting out, it did reach the world where in America Franklin D. Roosevelt denounced the Nazis and then recalled the U.S. ambassador to Germany. As for Grinspan, we don't really know what happened to him. It's widely believed that he died in the war, but a recently surfaced photo from 1946 shows a man that many believe to be him. And while it certainly does look like him, there's no way to be 100% sure. In either case, he was officially pronounced dead in 1960. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Airways audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. As always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for a musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.